it was over that next 5k that I just reminded myself of my why. I was running for the 13-year-old me who had nearly died. That young girl and everyone else in recovery who struggles from the trauma and physical and mental impact of meningitis. You've just heard from runner Katri Barrett, who's taking over the mic on Wildfire Daily today to share her most memorable run. I'm Amy Lane, your host, and today's show is all about a brilliant experience of running a half marathon. Katri is a trauma-informed life and ADHD coach and neurodiversity advocate, and she's an avid runner these days. But 13 years ago, Katri's life was turned on its head. One Monday, Katri was at school as normal with her friends. But by Wednesday, she was in a coma, and her parents were being told to expect the worst. Thankfully, Katri pulled through, although life has never really been the same, which is why Katri threw everything at training for 13.1 miles earlier this year. Her story is one of triumph, resilience, and training with both neurodiversity and trauma. Over to Katri for her really kind share. Hi, I'm Katri Barrett. I'll never forget running the Hackney Half Marathon earlier this year. I've always told myself I'm not a runner, but I suppose I can't really say that anymore. And not only was Hackney Half the furthest I've ever run, it was also the first ever organised run that I'd signed up for. And I'd been training for nearly five months. I'll be honest, there was a lot of times in that process and during the race that I wanted to quit. 20 years ago in March, I was on a life support machine after contracting the deadly disease meningococcal septicemia, more commonly known as meningitis, at the age of 13. To mark the 20th anniversary, I wanted to do something that celebrated surviving, that celebrated the vitality of life, and to raise money for a meningitis charity. And having always found running hard and motivating myself to go on runs hard, but loving how it made me feel afterwards, I signed myself up for a half marathon. All throughout training, I had been nervous about race day. But in the lead up to the Hackney Half, I suddenly realised I had really thrown myself in the deep end by having never done an organised race before. Being neurodivergent, I'm someone who gets particularly anxious when something is new to me. So The processes are new, the expectations, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go or how something works. And in hindsight, it would have been good to sign up to something like a 10k in the in the lead up just so that I could get a taste of what it would be like to experience an organised run. I know that would have helped dispel a lot of the kind of fears that I had around it for me. You know, when something's new to you, you get all those fearful what ifs going through your head. For me, it was What if I find it too hard? What if I want to quit, but I can't because people are watching? What if I get too hot? What if I need the toilet and I can't go? What if I take too long and the race finishes before I cross the finish line? So May 21st came around and I got up at 5.30am and I was a mixture of nervous and excited. At that point, I was excited not to have to train anymore. But actually, I miss it now. Now I realise... 
that I was enjoying the process, that I was enjoying having the routine, that even though I found it hard and boring sometimes and difficult to motivate myself, it was really good for me. So on the day I was travelling up from my home in South London and as I got to Brixton Station, the train was full of other runners. I started noticing everyone with their numbers pinned to their t-shirts and there was this amazing sense of camaraderie. We all kind of exchanged knowing smiles and by the time I got off and was making my way to Hackney Marshes, I'd made a new friend called Charlotte. We'd bonded over the fact it was both our first time and we were nervous so we stayed together until we crossed the start line which was really nice and comforting and really helped keep my mind distracted from what otherwise worrying. The waiting pen was a hard part. Just the fact that it was even called a pen. I'd had previously, before I turned up, I'd had this image of like cattle and it was a lot of us, thousands of us probably on that start line waiting to kind of, to, to be told that we could go. And there was a bit of a delay because we were one of the last groups. Luckily, I'd bumped into two of my other friends. So we were all talking, which was a really nice distraction. And the energy was palpable. There was thousands of people stood close together, chatting and waiting. This mixture of anticipation, excitement and anxiety and uncertainty. Hearing other people share the things they were worried about and nervous and those what ifs that I had been nervous about. It was strangely comforting. You know, what if they get injured? What if their dodgy knee plays up? And what if they don't finish? I think I'd always assumed the types of people who run marathons don't feel nervous about it, but that's just not true. As I finally crossed that start line, in unison, with hundreds of other people and being cheered on by thousands of spectators, I thought to myself, this is it. You're doing the thing you've worked so hard towards. It was one of those moments where I was like, remember this feeling. And mindfulness is a practice that has always helped me in many ways in my life. And I definitely tapped into this skill whilst running in that moment to soak in the experience and just help get through it. Trying to be in the moment and not worry about how far I still had left to go. Just putting one foot in front of the other and enjoying the crowds and their cheers and their signs. I loved the signs. I still remember one in particular that made me laugh that said, Pain is just French for bread. I think I saw them a couple of times on the route, which was good. In the moments when it got hard, it was the crowd's cheers that really, really helped. My husband was also there tracking me on the app and every now and then he would pop up again and cheer me on. I started to really struggle, probably around the 13k mark. My tank began to feel like it was on empty and mentally knowing that I still had 7k to go felt like a lot. 7k on its own to me, certainly before the training for the half marathon, was a really long, hard run. So the thought that I still had that to go after 13k, I was having to dig really deep here. But then I saw my husband, I gave him a hug and I was like, I'll see you at the finish line. And even now recounting that, I feel emotional. It was at this point that I really felt all the emotions of not just the training, not just the race up until now, but also for my why. It was over that next 5k that I just reminded myself of my why. I was running for the 13-year-old me who had nearly died. 
that young girl and everyone else in recovery who struggles from the trauma and physical and mental impact of meningitis and the impact that this disease and having a near-death experience at such a young age has on you. I was running for those who didn't survive and their families. I was running for the amazing people who had sponsored me and helped me raise over a £1,000 for Meningitis Now, a charity doing amazing work supporting children and adults who contract this life-changing disease. My why got me through, and once I got to that final 3K, I definitely felt my energy pick up. I was always excited for the finish line. The whole five months of my training, I'd been thinking about the finish line, imagining crossing it in my head every time I wanted to quit. And I'd wanted to quit many times during my training runs or before my training runs when I told myself I couldn't be bothered. What's the point? But what was interesting was when I crossed that finish line, I realised that the half marathon itself hadn't been the hardest part like I thought it would be. The hardest part had been the five months in the lead up, finding the motivation to get up and go out in the dark and the rain during winter to train consistently when I couldn't be bothered. The getting back to it after I'd missed a run and was telling myself, well, that's it now. You messed it up. You may as well quit. You can't do it now. The showing up to the training was the hardest part, not the half marathon itself. And when I crossed that finish line and was handed the medal, I was really emotional. I'd done the thing I told myself I could never do and would never do. I'd proved myself to myself and I felt really proud. Physically, I felt wired. (laughs) It was like I'd been up for two days straight partying, a mixture of exhaustion and adrenaline. Training for the Hackney Half was certainly one of the hardest experiences I've done up, up until now in my life both mentally and physically. I wanted to quit the process many, many times because it was hard. And I, like many people, had the unhelpful belief that if I'm finding something hard, I shouldn't be doing it. That if it's hard, I can't do it. And that if I don't do something perfectly, then I shouldn't be doing it. And that's how I felt with the training runs. If I missed one, I thought, well, that's it now. You haven't done the three runs this week you're supposed to. You won't be able to do it. You won't be able to finish the race. But that wasn't true. Even when I missed a run, I kept showing back up. And by showing up imperfectly to my training, that's what got me over the finish line rather than giving up. And as an ADHD perfectionist who naturally wants to give up on or avoid things that I'm not very good at or that I find hard... This process has been a big learning curve and there's so many lessons that I'm going to be carrying forward with me for the rest of my life. One lesson and reminder in particular that has become a bit of a mantra for me throughout my training and the race itself was I can do hard things. And whenever I doubt myself from now on, I'll use this run as evidence and remind myself I can do hard things. Thank you, Katri, for sharing your training, your race, and how you eased your anxieties about taking on such a big running milestone. I just love that moment when you said, my why got me through. My why got me through. I think it always pays to know our why. Listeners, if you found yourself relating to Katri's story, then do check out her website. We've linked to it in the show notes. 
Katri works with busy minds and ADHD adults. She helps them reconnect to themselves, find more confidence and reach their full potential. In fact, you can actually join Katri on her upcoming day retreat, Reset, this August. Once again, you're going to find all the details in the show notes. And don't forget, if you know someone with a brilliant running story, then come and get cosy in my DMs. I'm wellness underscore ed on social. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with one final show of the week. And we've got a brilliant clip from Sharifa J on talking about body positivity. Until then, bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.